social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. It's always Christmas at Anthony's Jewelers. 65% off the entire store, 65% off all week long. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. It is Monday. It is December 6th. We also have big news. If you go to the website, dePietro.com, this is interesting. There is now, as uh, some of you may remember, I've been following the story regarding that poor girl, Maya Brophy Behrman, who was uh, August 1st, she was... um, tragically shot and killed it's believed to be a gang related shooting although she was just mistaken identity she has no affiliation in anything she's from warwick happened to be out in providence with some friends it's a drive-by shooting and she lost her life uh, 24 years old graduated from classical graduated from uri grad just got her master's from northeastern and uh, tragically uh, shot and killed well we interviewed the parents and um there is now and, and hopefully you're going to see this out in the media, but there is now a $100,000 reward that is uh, now being offered for information that leads to the arrest and conviction of those responsible. Uh, very generous donors heard when I interviewed the parents. Uh, some folks, people want to be good, and it's very, very difficult. It's been four months now. And, um, and so we have more information about that on the website. You can also see, I wrote about, um, this is a little bit inside, but the woman that's, um, she has entered the race for governor. She's the former CEO of, of CBS. Her name is Helena Folks. So very much well-educated, uh, very nice family. As a matter of fact, I know her father and, um, she, well, you know, her resume speaks for itself. She ran CE, uh, CBS. They did, uh, <laughs> 200,000 employees and how much they did in revenue. And I mean, it's really remarkable, but she's decided to run for governor, um, and the problem with it that I see is she did an interview. I played some of this on Friday, but she did an interview with Newsmakers on Channel 12. And uh, Helena, folks, who I, I don't think I've ever met her. I don't think so. But um, and I when I say that, I mean sometimes I'm, you're at an event and, you know, people introduce you to people and so on. But anyhow, um, so I just think I, I don't know why she's running. I, I mean, she may be a Democrat, but. She's really going to have a tough time in the Democrat primary. And I wrote about it. You can read about it on the website, topetro.com. She, uh, Ted Nisi at Channel 12 did a very good job in the interview. Um, and they were not being unfair or going after or anything remotely close to that. But uh, in a Democrat primary, she apparently, Helena folks, when she was, she gave money to CVS as a PAC. And the, the CVS PAC gave some money to, to President or candidate Trump. So there's just in today's Democrat Party, when you have the progressives and the left and they're screaming up and down, I I just to me in a Democrat primary, the way they're going to attack her on that, they're looking for something to attack her on it. And Governor McKee's really going to go after her. Seth Magazine is going to go after her. Uh, I just believe it's going to drown out anything else that she wants to say. Um, If you go back to the uh dem- in, in in 2020 the democrat primary for president uh, mike bloomberg when he hit the stage uh a Liz- senator elizabeth warren just you know it was like she took a two by four and just started clubbing him over the head with it and what that led to was it didn't matter what his plans were what he wanted to say you're just always on the defensive uh helena folks has already started to apologize because she gave 500 dollars to mitch mcconnell now again if you say, hey, listen, when you're running a company, you go to work with everyone. You you have to, and I think that would be effective for someone in leadership. If you're as an independent, that's not a problem at all. Where is it a problem that you gave $500 Mitch McConnell? And, you know, in, in, in Democrat circles and progressive circles, the sin, unforgivable sin of, of giving money to President Trump, um, giving to a PAC that gave to him, um, again, in, in 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 regular everyday life running as an independent people would say i get that right you got to work with with everyone and if anything people would say i think it's refreshing to find someone that can work with everyone when president trump was running for office he said listen you know when i was a developer in new york city people came to me i gave to republicans i gave to democrats i gave to everyone but he was in a republican primary 
she is in a Democrat primary. I think when you throw out the words Mitch McConnell and Trump in a Democrat primary, it is my belief. We'll see. But I think it drowns out. She could have tremendous ideas and everything else. Um, But I I just think, and especially if you're like someone like a Governor McKee, he is just in Seth Magazine, they're going to club her with it. Now, folks, on the national front, it was that was very dramatic on Saturday that they announced that uh, CNN had fired Chris Cuomo. Boy, the Cuomo brothers, the two of them, are they something else or are they something else? I mean, they are as arrogant as you can ever come across. Um, one thing both brothers have in common is they, they really just don't think the rules apply to them. Chris Cuomo has hired a publicist. Um, he is now going after the head of CNN, Jeff Sucker, saying, oh, he knew all about it. He knew what I was doing and blah, blah, blah. I, I don't I don't I don't know what to make of that other than, um, you know, when you're dealing with those two brothers, it is like, you know, buyer beware because they, they are just another level of arrogant. You know, you got to remember who the father was, but they they are the typical when they walk into a room. You know, they immediately assume they're the smartest in the room. They can kind of convince anyone of anything. Rules don't apply. Obviously, when you saw the brother, Andrew Cuomo, when you think of Andrew Cuomo, I mean, not only was governor of New York, but last spring during the pandemic, there were people that were saying he should be the next president. He should be at the top of the ticket, not Biden. Biden was even under pressure to to uh, make him the VP. That's how popular Andrew Cuomo was. And look how that whole thing exploded. What I think is different is Chris Cuomo, you know, initially, you know, no no leg to stand on, fired from CNN. They didn't, I don't think they, they didn't want to fire him. Um, but, you know, the, the, the guy, you know, he's just, they're just difficult. But look at how, you know, he doesn't, they just don't take anything laying down. Now he's swinging back at at CNN and he is, you know, trying to say that, oh, they, they knew what I was doing. And, and all that is now, it'll be a legal fight because he obviously wants he'll sue them for a lot of money right he'll sue them for a lot of money and he does have he does have money they were paying him a lot of money but now he'll really go after them for a lot of money i also want you to read if you really want to know uh why i believe secretary of state nelly gorbia is running for governor i wrote about it on the website topetro.com there's immediately people that start saying they read the headline how she plans to win the primary and they start saying she's not gonna win about listen all i'm saying is read it because i believe there's, there's no other explanation uh than what i wrote which is she she doesn't have big name recognition she doesn't have a tremendous amount of money she um it, it's nothing like that what but what she has is she has access to the voter rolls i'm saying right now uh in december of 2021 i believe after what's going to take place next year People are going to uh, move for legislation that if you are the secretary of state, you have access to all the voter roll information, that if you want to seek higher office, that you need to resign the position because because people are going to find out why Uh, she should not be secretary of state basically running her own election. She's going to pretend, oh, no, it's not me. It's the board of elections. Listen, you're secretary of state. You're in charge of the voter rolls. And it's 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 you know people aren't they're not going to realize that this is this is going to get ugly into august and september and then people are going to say you know maybe maybe we shouldn't have the person that's running the election involved in the election does anyone really think that secretary of state nelly govia that she's going to run an election that she loses she's going to run an election where she loses i just i don't believe that um i don't think any reasonable person would believe that so all right that a uh, lot of news of the weekend a lot of news about um some states are saying we are going to stay where we are and adapt to the variant and the numbers in rhode island are going up uh other states you know like there are certain states that are starting to go into full lockdown and and we will talk about that as well so all right folks a lot ahead you're listening to the john DePietro show it's fall very soon the heating season will be here let j kale engineering design and install a natural gas high efficiency carrier infinity system jkl energy efficient quiet more affordable than you think no gas no problem let jkl engineering design and install a high efficiency infinity heat pump system including ductless splits heats in the winter cools in the summer these units are so efficient it can reduce your oil bill 
by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market. They also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. J.K.L., Carrier Factory Authorized Dealer, licensed in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts for 55 years. J.K.L.'s reputation, second to none, especially for technical expertise and customer satisfaction. J.K.L. is an approved National Grid VPI installer. J.K.L. is also a Navient certified factory dealer called J.K.L. for a system replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. Call J.K.L. Engineering today at 401 351 7600 they do it right they do it right the first time they're licensed in both rhode island and massachusetts jkl 401-351-7600 it's always christmas at anthony's jewelers 65 percent off the entire store it's a once in a lifetime sale at 65 percent off all week long open sundays sale includes diamonds diamond engagement rings diamond earrings diamond wedding bands diamond pendants and bracelets all at 65 percent off all wedding bands rope figaro miami cuban and puffed gucci chains along with crosses and diamond crosses at 65 percent off it's always christmas at anthony's jewelers 65 percent off all week long one year interest-free financing anthony's jewelers where rhode island gets engaged brothers disposal call brothers disposal today get a purple dumpster for your driveway how do you know it's brother's disposal because it's a purple dumpster look for them on facebook and give them a call for an estimate 401-688-0517 get a dumpster in your driveway maybe you're cleaning out your basement your garage unwanted belongings maybe you just have some things in boxes that you've never taken out clean it out with brother's disposal they're also now offering weekly trash collection services call brother roland today at brother's disposal 401 401- 6880517 whether it's a small household construction project or you just need a dumpster to get rid of some unwanted belongings call brothers disposal today come on brother call brothers disposal 401-688-0517 look for them on facebook brothers disposal get a dumpster in your driveway 401-688-0517 you're listening to the john DePietro show weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 Sam 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, remember, you can always listen online at the website, petro.com. Right on the left-hand side, you will see where it says uh, listen live. And just click on that. It's time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining me, he is the managing editor at anchorrising.com. It's Justin Cass. And Justin, uh, <clears throat> last week, I think it, it showed a lot about Governor McKee, his administration, how they operate. Um I think I also believe that they are naive to think that now this is simply going to go away. I'm obviously referring to this business that they're going to be. Uh, it's it, it such also was also a misleading story, but they they basically giving uh, Council 94 represent largest block of state workers of the union, uh, Rhode Island uh, state workers, but close to four thousand, uh, giving each of them three thousand. Initially, it was supposed to be that it was uh, like a vaccine incentive then it was you know if you got it then you were going to get the money uh retroactively and then we learned that actually they're just going to give it to everyone because they can say and if you didn't get the vaccine it, it can be a a religious exemption or a health exemption which you know as far as the unions those are very easy to overcome um he didn't seem to like it it was finalized thursday uh, Thursday night, didn't want to talk about it at the tree lighting. Friday, did no events. Saturday, did no events. And then uh, he's kind of been in the bunker a little bit. But I, I really want to hear your thoughts because I, I, I think that they may not recognize that this is, is going to be something that's also going to rear its head again in July when the second payment comes. So I, I want to start off talking about that. I, well, I think you're, I think you're correct. I think the, <laughs> it probably began as just an excuse to find to, for this state's negotiators to try to get something from the union for the bonus that they were going to give them uh, some stipend, some kind of a, a nice gimme and to tie it to COVID allows them to use federal money, uh, which they feel like is free money and to give the union a piece of that. But I, I do think you're right. They, I think they underestimate how this looks. I mean, it's one thing to give state work a big bonus, getting a vaccine 
uh, even as people lose their jobs for not getting it. But then the news that the state workers would actually have access to religious or medical exemptions and still get the bonus uh, is just such a huge, huge insult. I mean, it's, a, it's like a next level insult to anybody who, who really either had a religious objection or a, uh, a medical reason they didn't want to risk the vaccine and lost their jobs because of a mandate, especially healthcare workers, from this governor. And then to give a $3,000 bonus as if those are legitimate, legitimate things to be concerned about, uh, to, to accept. I, it's just, it, it's almost difficult to believe that, <laughs> that anybody with any political acumen at all, which somebody who's been a, a mayor and a lieutenant governor ought to have some political acumen and he, and, or at least be able to hire people who do, uh, would, would think that's even a tolerable way to go. It's the, the, the us and them kind of fantasy world that our government's living in at this time. I think that and also the inexperience that, to me, the, the McKee people did not clearly didn't understand the ramifications when they agreed to give the Providence teachers unions three, you know, each teacher three thousand dollars. Because and what I mean is I, I don't think they realized they were setting a precedent. Uh, the unions are all about that. You, you don't just shut the door. Uh, the McKee people. Now, again, I don't know if it's inexperienced, na naive or. But when you give one union 3000 suddenly you may not like it, but you're, you're going to give each of them 3000 Then they're up against it. Otherwise, they'll, they'll go to court and they'll argue, why should that person get it? But I also noticed, Justin, and again, folks, our segment is politics this week. It is um, his answer to the why kept evolving. Like he was he was out of town and first it was as an incentive to the union people who were not denying it in any way. And then even his lieutenant governor, Sabina Matos, said, well, you know, the governor likes to use a carrot instead of a stick. So by the time the week was was over, then he was trying to call it a stipend, which it doesn't fit the definition because the stipend would normally be, you know, if you give someone extra money to buy, you know, uniforms or clothing or equipment like that. So that doesn't work. He certainly didn't like the word bonus. And then uh, by the end of it, Thursday night at the tree lighting, he told Brian Crandall, I don't think it's going to make any difference, and I would have given them the money anyway. And and what was really astounding, Justin Katz, was the governor saying people can rest easy that we're taking care of the state workers. Justin, I don't know about you. Do you, do you know of anyone that has been concerned that, that Governor McKee, that the state workers are not being well treated during the pandemic? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know anybody who, who isn't in, in state government who thinks the state government workers aren't getting quite a good deal with their jobs. I mean, they are like a like a privileged class in Rhode Island. So it's it's the the idea that they need to be taken care of and Rhode Islanders are concerned about it. But the idea but also I, I you know, I do wonder the idea that it wouldn't be but that it would be inexperienced seems amazing to me for from a guy who was from was mayor of a of a Rhode Island community for a while, quite a while. I mean, he has to have observed how labor unions do municipality to another, you know, they leapfrog, right. one gets a bonus then the, or some kind of benefit. And then one, two towns over says, oh, well, that's, they got this. Why don't we have right. that? Yes. How could a mayor, a guy who was yeah. a mayor, not know that? I could see if he was in the, you know, in a private sector where things happen in a sane way and came into lieutenant governor, which doesn't, as far as I know, have much to do with negotiating contracts. I could see then not knowing it, but he's been a mayor. He has to know this is how it happens. This was, so I would expect him to have, to have ways he's planning to try to sneak federal money into other negotiations going forward with other unions. I mean, it's just gotta be how it works. He's gotta know it. You know, I've heard um, behind the scenes that as, as we know, prior to him coming in, they, they could not get a deal with uh, the education commissioner, Afonte Green, and also with, obviously, when Governor Raimondo was in charge. Now, I've heard that one of the reasons was because they were wary, they were very aware and cautious about setting a precedent. You know, you and I know that when it's it's a Bob Walsh or Pat Crowley or that ilk, when they're, when they're in pick a school community, when they're in a negotiation in East Providence sometimes, or, or Pawtucket or Coventry or... North Kingstown, wherever, there's always that, that the one little item that they want to slip in. And what many times the individuals don't, don't become aware of is that could then become precedent for, for everybody to get it. And so what, what I am hearing is basically 
the McKee people got played because what they just saw is, oh, okay, you know, we'll give it the 3,000 of the teachers in union world that, well, that was exactly what they're looking for because now in for a penny, in for a pound, now everybody gets it. Justin, what do you make of it? I'm going to say he seemed angry at the tree lighting ceremony. Uh, Governor McKee, this, I mean, and, and, and I also want people to remember what I think why this is problematic is the second 1500 is going to hit in July. It's not like the story's over. The story will be new again because it's 1500 for the first shot this month, December, 1500 for the, the second shot, or 1500 for your second religious or medical exemption. <laughs> but, um, but as I've talked about, when he had something for the general public, it was you go to the Dunkin' Donuts Center and you get a $1 scratch ticket. So you yeah. think of it's, you know, at least $10 to park in downtown Providence, maybe even more sometimes, 15, 20. And so, you know, and only I think 35 people went, 40 people went. So, but but the talking point of this way, people can rest assured, you know, we're taking care of the state workers, the regular general public got a $1 scratch ticket. And I didn't hear any big winner from that. And then the unions... Who, again, you know, he I don't know if they're going to vote for him, but he certainly doesn't want them against him. They get a three thousand dollar bonus. I believe Justin Katz. The reason why he doesn't have a good talking point is because there is no good talking point on this. <laughs> no, well, that's, that's exactly it. I and I, I suspect he kind of knew what was coming, but he he was so he probably they probably got overwhelmed with seeing the opportunity with, to to please the teachers unions. And it is telling that I've seen Bob Walsh, the head of the NEA Rhode Island, out there promoting this benefit for the Council ninety four, which he, he has nothing directly to do with. So, I mean, so I, it is as uh, you yeah. say the, the 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 yeah exactly <laughs> it is the the labor unions all working together. And he I I still think he he had to know. But what I think will be interesting is by the time July comes around and they're giving out this the second half of the bonus yep. for, for the second shot. Uh, there's a really good chance the state's at that point going to be talking about mandating the third or fourth shot. So I don't, I, it's, it's not clear where this is going to end once they've gone down this path and they, they're not thinking forward. It may be cynical or maybe inexperienced, whatever it is, but they're, they're really just trying to cover their butts every st- at each step without trying to think how all of this could play out either for the taxpayer or, or for the, the health of the, the state and so it's it's really a disappointing turn of events much bigger than than a three thousand dollar signing bonus ought to be in a negotiation i go back to uh his first big sit-down interview when he took over in march from governor rundo was the, then the governor when they asked governor mckee what has surprised you so far maybe it was april when he took over in march and he paused and he said the media he said that openly to uh the uh, ted nisi and tim white and um, and even, you know, he had that there was the one weekend that he was even calling reporters to his house. And it was like doing a press conference in front of his house uh, or just one at a time. But, you know, he, I, I, I just come back to that because whoever is supposed to be serving him, the, the, either either he doesn't listen or they're just not that, uh, you know, somebody's sitting in a room and they're saying, here's what we'll say. And and they're all nodding, saying, yeah, that that's what we'll say. And and there's no one to say, wait a minute, like that, that's not going to work. I mean, that's generally how it works. But um, I, I just have a feeling that he's he's not learning from however, however they do it. And I don't know exactly, but however the system or uh, the, the mechanics of how they come together with here's how we're going to explain the following. To me, you constantly see him tripping over, you know, his his message, whether it was the Tony Silva thing or was the, the contract with that company, ILO. And now it's the bonus. Um, it's it's an evolving answer. And that's that's when you, you know, really get into problems. I mean, the Tony Silva thing, if you remember, he stood by him. Then he kicked it to the state police attorney general. Then he ended up forcing Silver out. It is, you know, where he ends up. Probably shut it off. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. A lot more politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor at AnchorRising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. Were you in an auto accident, someone damaged your vehicle? Folks, it can happen, whether it's people not paying attention, a drunk driver, people texting and driving. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Remember, with West Fountain Auto Body, They're going to work for you, not the insurance company. Call them today. If you were in an accident, 
drunk driver, someone texting and driving, minor fender banner, even a nearly totaled vehicle. Call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. They'll handle everything for you, the original, the best, and if you're in an accident and a tow truck pulls up, tell them, bring that car over to West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340, 401-272-3340, West Fountain Auto Body, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. They'll work for you, not the insurance company. If you're in an accident, call West Fountain today. Get it repaired, 401 272 3340. It's always Christmas at Anthony's Jewelers. 65% off the entire store. It's a once in a lifetime sale at 65% off all week long. Open Sundays, 65% off all week long. One year interest free financing. Anthony's Jewelers, where Rhode Island gets engaged. Our segment is politics this week. We're speaking with Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com. Justin, the news came down on Friday, and I'm curious your thoughts. Um, I don't think it it measures up. I'll give you my thoughts in a moment. But uh, Blake Filippi, who maybe some people may not know, but he's the House Minority Leader. He started off as an independent representing Charlestown, Block Island, uh, the southern part of the state. He then switched to the Republican Party. He's then the House Minority Leader. It was uh, rumored that he seemed to be the best candidate in the system that would be the Republican candidate for governor. And I, I, I got the impression that the leadership thought he was going to do it. Uh, when I've talked to him, he always seemed a little hesitant. I didn't feel the fire in the belly that you have to have. But he announced on Friday he's not going to stay there. That, that's another one that they, their answer, the GOP, uh, Susie Yankee, the chairwoman, saying, well, you don't want to move pieces on a chessboard as if they, they would lose that. Um, I'll, I'll come back to this. But I, I'd like to hear your thoughts. I think you wrote about this and you actually think it was a wise idea. Yeah, I think so. I, I think so. I think partly partly your, your reference to the fire in the belly is, is a good one. I think about that. I think that represents a whole lot of different things. I mean, Blake is obviously enjoying being a legislator. Uh, he and he's he's good at it. He has a seat that he's he's managed to keep for a, a number of elections. So I, I think, you, in my view, you you do just just hold that. I mean, he's better. He's an asset there who can. You know, help recruit new people who can work with candidates or people who get into other offices to help them along. Whereas, if you if he were to become you know the constant presence on a governor's ticket or or something, then he's he becomes a competitor for other potential candidates. And when you you don't have a whole lot of people and you don't have a whole lot of infrastructure, I think you you keep what you have when it seems to be working and build on it. And I, I think that's that's just. Uh, what they've this the situation Republicans are in right now, and they, they ought to they ought to really keep the ground that they have and not try to force people. That's the that's the dangerous temptation we've seen for for decades now, where some nobody comes off the street and suddenly is running for Senate or governor or because there's nobody in the way and it just goes straight up the ticket. When somebody stops on a position and is doing well, I, I think it's a mistake to try to. To, to take the political pressure to push them up the ladder too quickly. I'm going to respectfully disagree, and I'll tell you why. Because now, if, if what is happening, what you said, which is he's helping recruit new people, trying to help them along, if, if the strategy is we're really going to try to get people elected for some of the state rep seats to, to balance the power, right now I think they have, I believe it's 10 Republicans, and we're going to try to double it to 20 so we're going to be a player in legislation. I think it's I think it's good. Otherwise, what I notice, and this is my own personal belief, is I think Patricia Morgan has the better handle on going after culture issues, uh, critical race theory and other things like that that people understand. To me, at times, the Republican Party at the State House, and, and, and all due respect to I, I respect those guys, Blake Filippi, Chippendale, Newberry, but they start to resemble like the Washington generals to the Globetrotters where, you know, the speaker and the Democrats just roll over them and, and they may raise the hand and try to have good cohesive arguments, but they're losing every battle with a lot of the stuff that has passed. So I, I do think uh, in my mind, when you meet him, he's very gregarious. He's outgoing, maybe doesn't feel he's up to it. Um, I think it would really help the party if in fact, a Republican was the governor. And I think right now the way we're going to have a, a very messy Democrat 
primary and what we saw happen in Virginia and the basic just discontent in the state, I think the Republicans stand a very good chance with the right candidate. But it comes back to and I try to tell people this: you can't. My experience has been you can't talk someone or convince them to run. They have to really want to run. They have to be to do it because when it comes down to it, it, it's the candidate that has to pick up the phone, make the phone calls, raise money, get out there, meet the people. If he's not the guy, then he if, if he if he's not into it, he's not into it. Conversely, I'd like to hear your thoughts. Helena Folks, who she did an interview. And again, folks, our segment is politics this week. She was on Newsmakers with uh, Tim White, Ted Nisi. And Justin, I, I, I can't believe some of the things that have come out. And what I mean by this is just this is this very accomplished woman, former CEO of CBS. And I, I, I just don't understand who is telling her she can win. A, a Democrat primary. And I even posted about it on the website and wrote, I mean, I, I couldn't believe what I was watching because if she somehow thinks she's going to be able to escape some of these things that came out just in that very introductory and, and good thorough interview. But I, I believe she made a huge mistake and I don't see how she's going to win a Democrat primary. Yeah. Well, I think your, your analysis on that was, was very good. I, I think there's a, there's an interesting contrast. I mean, your, your point in that being she should, she should run as an independent and, yes. not, and, and walk around the Democrat primary because exactly. that's where the danger lies for her. And I think that there's an interesting dynamic there. You mentioned the, uh, that Donald Trump had received almost 200,000 votes in the state, even run he got 180 which i think is the right. most back going back to the 80s of any republican yes. and that's yep. that's a that count alone is definitely competitive for almost every governor's race in the state going back to sundland so uh, i i think that's a problem for somebody like uh like philippi or a republican because the news media and the, the establishment in rhode island would make sure that a republican could not unite that 200,000 with a more establishment republican who's been trained to be never trump so i think that would a republican would be vulnerable there and, and would be constantly facing tension to try to make that a problem for him or her. But I think for folks or some a Democrat running as an independent, uh, I, that's not a problem because they need to get the moderate Democrats and then as much of any Republicans as they can. And they can be freely anti-Trump if they want to, because they're not really going for that core uh, Republican base. They're going for enough moderate Republicans and moderate Democrats to overcome a progressive Democrat in a, in a primary or in, in a general election. So I, I think that that's a path that she has, which, but it all, it does make me wonder. I mean, <laughs> sort of like with McKee, I, all these people, they have lots of money and, and a position of influence. You'd think they could find people to advise them. It does make you wonder if she's in the race for some other reason. And sometimes people will, will run for high profile offices as their first go round just to get attention for, for your future objectives. Maybe she's angling to to negotiate with one of the Democrats who might win to for a position in state government, or maybe even to get the attention of somebody in federal government like Raimondo. Um, or maybe she's there to, to block McKee, take some of his business vote away. Because uh, that was really the only, that's the only place I've seen that she really differs from, from the other Democrats in a big way uh, is on a lot of the economic business issues. So there, there are whole other issues, reasons she might run into the Democrat, running the Democrat Party uh, primary without expecting to win it. So I, I, I wonder if, if that's, uh, barring further further uh, evidence to the contrary, I'm gonna, that's where I'm going to put my chips. Well, her family, they're, you know, because they're even related to Senator Christot. So, I mean, I think it's, oh, of course, you know, uh, you, you know I'm going to run as a Democrat. They are Democrats. Gina did it as a Democrat. Um, she's older than uh, Commerce Secretary Raimondo, but uh, and, and also has been wildly accomplished. I think when there's a problem, when you have the amount of money she has, I mean, she made 20, $29 million in, in one year. It, the problem is you get people that just keep nodding their head and, and agreeing with you because they're kind of seen as, boy, there's just endless amounts of money that could come into the campaign. And the problem is it starts to become like you're building a house. And, you know, for 500,000 more, we could do this. And then for 500,000 more, we could do that. And the next thing you know, you know, she's going to go way over budget. Um, but I, I was laughing, Justin, when, when I learned in Good Job by Ted Nisi, that she donated money to a CBS PAC that then donated money to, to President Trump. I, I, when, when she gets on the stage in a Democrat primary, it won't matter what her ideas are for the economy, for education or anything, because if you're Dan McKee and Seth Magaziner, it's going to be like Mike Bloomberg when he finally got on the debate stage in the, you know, the Democrat 
uh, primary for president. They're just going to pummel him with it. And you and I both know if, you know, Aaron Ruggenberg and Matt Brown and that whole crew, when, when they hear the name Trump and that she donated to a PAC, they gave money to him. That, that To me, that's like an unforgivable sin in a Democrat primary. She, she's already apologizing for giving $500 to Mitch McConnell. Wait till they find out thousands on that. And, you know, the Oxycontin thing is something to be explained. I just feel if you say what she is saying, I'm not a politician. Well, then why are you going to be standing in a primary on stage with all these other politicians? Um, I think it comes down to that someone like that sometimes says, you know, I, I if I'm running, I'm running as a Democrat or I'm not running at all. I'm going to disagree with you. I believe she is the type. If you look at her, you know, Harvard, uh, Harvard Business School, I think, or Harvard Law, this is someone who when they go into a competition, they expect to win it when they're going to take a test, expects to have the highest score, um, highly, highly accomplished. But I, I just think, you know, if she were an independent candidate. I don't think that stuff matters. I think you even highlight, hey, listen, I, I, I work with everybody, uh, but it's a major problem in the Democrat primary. So I don't think she even understands what a problem it is yet in the Democrat primary. It won't even matter what her answers are, because I believe Governor McKee and especially Seth Magaziner, that those two are just going to pummel her with the Trump stuff. And between that and also the Mitch McConnell and it's it's just going to frame to me frame her where she cannot get out of that. That's my thought. Well, then I mean there is evidence for that. I mean the, the type of person you're describing, you know, the highly accomplished Ivy League school yeah. wins it, wants to win every competition, tends to think that other people are reasonable. <laughs> so she could think, well, I've got a good answer. You know, yes. it's unreasonable to attack me for for giving to Mitch McConnell what 15 years ago a, a couple hundred bucks, which to her is like throwing him a quarter. You Nothing. Know? Yeah. Uh, so it's so it's like, like buying it, like buying a ticket when the kids come to your house and say, you know, we're raising money for the cheerleading squad. Here you go. Here's 10 bucks, Here's 20 a, bucks, 500 for her. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's it's nothing. nothing. So so it may be that she she thinks reasonable answers and right. reasonable arguments will win. And so why not just go on that stage and offer her a reasonable argument? But that's that's not at all how politics works, huh. which to me only goes back to the idea. You're right. She ought to run it kind yeah. of pox on both your houses. So it does make you question her judgment if she's that doggedly tied to a party that's so obviously off the cliff uh, on so many issues of uh, basic sanity. Uh, maybe she she's missing more than just uh, the reality of political white knuckle fights. You could always then become, you know, join the party. Chafee ran as independent and then he became a Democrat. There was talk that Governor Baker was maybe even going to run for a third term as an independent. It would also buy her more time. I mean, she still has time. Uh, it would buy her more time as opposed to, you know, then you're prepping for the first debate in September as opposed to, I, I think we're going to have early debates. I know that the media is already uh, trying to line up. Maybe a the first uh, gubernatorial Democrat debate could be as early as February or March. So you think about that, Justin. We, we're talking three months away. She is not ready to be on a stage. Or remember, Mike Bloomberg, that was one and done. He went on that speed debate stage once and Elizabeth Warren cleaned his clock and the campaign was over. Folks, another quick break. A lot more politics this week. Justin Katz right here on the John DePietro Show. Well, health continues to be an important part of our daily lives. That's why you need to stop in and see the queen of health. It's Marie at It's My Health because it's your health. But It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Look for her on Facebook. You can also call her at 401-305-3585. You know where she is, right in that very majestic old white church diagonally across from Davidport Restaurant. It's My Health. And inside, pop in. You'll see vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality, integrity, local products like acai, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Wait till you see the selection. Over 250 bulk herbs, teas, spices purchased by the ounce plus boxed herbs and teas plus hemp and CBD products. Stop in natural skincare products, hair care products. It's my health, because it's your health. Stop it and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. We're speaking with Justin Katz, managing editor at AnchorRising.com. Folks, our segment, which is very popular, is politics this week. Justin, what do you take that right now 
the Republican Party of Rhode Island does not have a candidate for Secretary of State, which I think is the most important office, uh, or governor. What, what do you take from that right now? Well, I, 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 we may we may differ on some on this sure analysis, <laughs> but but you know, from a from a, an organizational perspective, just you you only have what you have, and so you can spend resources trying to drum up somebody who doesn't have necessarily the isn't didn't knock down a door to try to run you so you can try to line somebody up you can try to burn somebody out you can use an old somebody who's run for other offices and go back to an old playing card and hope just to fill a seat uh and i don't know there's some value to that because you know it's it's very likely given given the incompetence of of the person in the white house uh and also in, in the state house for that matter uh it's very likely there will be some political advantages for Republicans next year. So it's good. It, it's good to have a name on the ticket to capitalize on any unexpected occurrences, but it's not uh, to my, in my view at this point, it's just not worth a whole lot of either po- political chips or, or effort and resources to try to find those people if they're not coming forward. And I think you're there, the party's better off focusing on what it has, trying to build up, some kind of strategy that it can actually execute rather than just playing politics, because I don't, I think the, the deck is just too stacked against Republicans in Rhode Island at this point. I, I think one thing that you would agree with me, though, is they have to do something about that office of Secretary of State. Greg Amore, who is union through and through, if they just allow him to take over the Secretary of State's office, Justin, that makes me even more uncomfortable, the fact that Nelly Gobia has, has that office. Um, I, and, and I recognize it's not easy for governor secretary of state, though, you know, around the country, all these states are tightening up their their voting uh, regulations and how they're conducting elections. Rhode Island, we're, we're going in the other direction. They're being even more uh, wild and loose. I have my own thoughts on that. I think it's completely out of control at this point. Um, I want to get your thoughts. Last week, some of the progressive uh, co-op. They, especially the candidate for lieutenant governor, they started camping. They went to the state house. They want to camp out because they want more affordable housing. Capitol Police, state police, and uh, Capitol Police, I should say, at the Rhode Island State House, Smith Hill, initially said, can't stay here. Uh, you can't camp out. Uh, and if you do that, you're going to get arrested. They pushed it and they checked with the state police. So I'm going to guess they then checked with the governor. And then they allowed them to stay there. And they stayed there that night. And I think they stayed uh, Tuesday, Wednesday. Thursday, they were still there when the governor lit the tree. I, I don't know if they were there, still there Friday and Saturday. I, I maintain they don't even realize that the reason they didn't get arrested is because they're political insiders, because she's a sitting state senator. And then they were trying to get, you know, some of their uh, some of these other people there. But what, what are your thoughts on how they started this uh, small encampment of tents uh, right there at the Rhode Island State House? Well, I think I think it's a good issue for progressives because it's it's obvious they, and they can go out and say things like political insiders don't care if people freeze on the street, which is absolute nonsense. I mean, right. there's a lot that our Rhode Island's political insiders don't care about that they should. Uh, there's a lot to blame them for, but they, nobody wants people to to die on the street in the freezing cold. It's just it's a very complicated issue. So this is it's perfect for progressives because their entire approach is, oh, just fix it. Whatever it is, just decree that it is not to be so. That's kind of their whole approach to politics. And so they can go out, they can demagogue, they can say whatever they want, they look good, they get attention. Uh, so I, I think the, the incentives were strong for them to do that. And it, it's you're right, they are insiders. The idea of Matt Brown sleeping out there with his giant parka on, you know, uh, is, is kind of laughable, but it did get them attention. It got them some traction. Uh, so I, I think it played well for them. I, I'm not sure they, the last I saw, maybe last night or the night before, was somebody I didn't recognize tweeting that all it was at this point was a, essentially an art display because Matt Brown and Mendez are both gone. There's not really anybody there. The music's gone. The speeches are gone. Just a bunch of tents. Um, so I, I think something's still there, if not the, the actual people or at least the high profile people. Uh, so I, I, I don't think they quite found the exit they were they were hoping for where they could declare victory and walk away. Uh, but I, but. Nobody will, there won't be any cost to them for that. Nobody will, will make fun of them or, or anything like that. So I, I think it was an obvious play for them. And it, it took some, you know, some gumption to actually sleep outside for a few nights in Providence in the, with the winter coming on. Uh, so, you know, I, I just wish we had a, an environment where the, the news media and uh, others who, 
apart from us could could point out things like San Francisco progressive policies are the cause of the right. homeless problem. So they they never have to acknowledge that and the the political insiders will never say oh well they yeah they can they can call us evil but we're trying to fix it fix problems they solve because the political insiders at this point are progressive as well um so you know it was a political theater everybody knows it was political theater uh it'd be nice if people could see past it and start to ask some of the substantive questions that are, are really important now, um, folks, there was also this huge article written about the uh, Matt Brown uh, Progressive Collaborative and the inner workings of it, very detailed. Uh, and this is a, a national publication. Justin, I'm, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on it. And, and sometimes, you know, some of the locals don't like it, but you almost need an outsider to write something like that. I think, you know, some of the people went on record um, you know, very, very critical of Matt Brown. Some of the lines were very, very critical. Some of it's inside baseball a little bit, but I'm just, I'd like to hear, I'm curious your thoughts on this this big piece that was written about this uh, pro- progressive collaborative that they've started. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously that article was in the works for a long time and there's, there's some anonymous person in it, uh, yeah. progressive activist who who seems to have been setting the tone for it for the, sure. for the writer. So I'm sure that's where it came from. But it is kind of conspicuous that this hit, just as the co-op folks are getting some traction with their home performance. Uh, I, I think, I mean, it was obviously, it was, it was it struck me as respectful of the co-op's mission, kind of, you know, as progressives. But it was clearly, you're causing a progressive civil war. Stop screwing things up for the, for the incrementalists who are, who are in power in Rhode Island right now. Uh, but I, to, the biggest takeaway for me is for everybody else to realize this progressive movement is so uh has so it cites, cites on rhode island so much that its own its own internal divisions are playing out in the national media so you get you know there i've said before there you've got billionaires funding the most radical people they possibly can and that's filtering down to people like matt brown who are who are really they're, they're tired of mentalist and to they it could even be just a play to to make sure that the the people who are in power don't don't kind of soften and keep going more and more radical. So those folks have their sights on Rhode Island. Tons, big percentages for Raimondo and, and Magaziner and others have been out of state dollars uh, funding these progressives. So we're we're in their sights and we are in line to be to look like a San Francisco uh, if they if they continue to to make progress here. And to me, that's that was the biggest takeaway from for most Rhode Islanders uh, that these folks are, are watching what's going on in Rhode Island and to us, to them, we're, we're a playground. That's exactly right. And you know, what's also interesting, Justin, you raise a good point. You don't even hear them when, when you, when you mentioned the, the condition right now of say a place like San Francisco, I know exactly what you mean, but if you talk to the progressives, they don't even see that as a problem. <laughs> they don't realize, you know, stores are closing because people just go in and shoplift. Uh, there are thousands of permanent encampments now. They, they don't see that as a problem at all. The rest of the country is like, oh, my God, they've totally lost control. But um, I, I think that's really astounding. Folks, again, he is the managing editor at AnchorRising.com. And it's Justin Katz. Justin, great job as always. And we will talk to you again. Thank you, John, for a great conversation. Fall is here. It's going to start to get colder. Folks, call R.E. Coogan and Heating today at 401-732-6562. R.E. Coogan and Heating, 24-hour emergency service, whether it's plumbing or heating and cooling, helpful, trustworthy, reliable. As Coogie says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. Call them today, 401-732-6562. You can also find them on Facebook and the website, recooganheating.com. They are helpful, trustworthy, reliable residential services. From winter to summer, trained technicians provide 100% service, one customer at a time. Service calls, maintenance agreements, call R.E. Coogan and Heating today, 401-732-6562. It's Coogie, 401-732-6562. Again, look for them on Facebook and then the website, recooganheating.com. Call now. Keep your home nice and warm. Gas, oil burners, 24 emergency service, R.E. Coogan and Heating, 401-732-6562.
It's always Christmas at Anthony's Jewelers. 65% off the entire store, 65% off all week long. You're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Now, while you're there, uh, there's a lot of exclusive stories. Folks, we cover stories the rest of the media ignores. It's real news, whether it's video that we're out at a crime or a protest or various things that are happening, plus other exclusive stories that we break log on at the website that's also the best way to reach me by the way if you'd like to get in touch with me just scroll down a little bit you'll see a, a button that says contact john you can also support the program you you can also get some great merchandise in the shop right there at dipetro.com and it's all our links to social media whether it's facebook so you can watch facebook live or also twitter or youtube or instagram so take a minute, and then also we have some great sponsors there as well. It is a happening. Check it each day. It's depetro.com. J. Perry Paving always provides high-quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Letter J, J. Perry Paving. Over 20 years' experience specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating, patios, general masonry projects. Give them a call today free estimate 401-732-1730 401-732-1730 letter j j perry paving a licensed and insured contracting company hey they'll meet their clients needs no matter how big or how small whether it's a brand new paving project or maybe just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed reach out to j perry paving get a free quote and remember no one's better for veterans two veterans than j perry paving if you are a veteran or related to one have them give them a call they may do their driveway for them 401-732-1730 find them on facebook and then the website is letter j j it's always Christmas at Anthony's Jewelers. 65% off the entire store. It's a once-in-a-lifetime sale at 65% off all week long. Open Sundays, 65% off all week long. One-year interest-free financing. Anthony's Jewelers, where Rhode Island gets engaged. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body today. 401-272-3340. Were you in an auto accident? Someone damaged your vehicle? Folks, it can happen whether it's people not paying attention, a drunk driver, people texting and driving. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Remember, with West Fountain Auto Body, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. Call them today. If you were in an accident, drunk driver, someone texting and driving, minor fender banner, even a nearly totaled vehicle, Call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. They'll handle everything for you, the original, the best. And if you're in an accident and a tow truck pulls up, tell them, bring that car over to West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340, 401-272-3340, West Fountain Auto Body, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. They'll work for you not the insurance company. If you're in an accident, call West Fountain today. Get it repaired. 401-272-3340.